So during the week, as I say, we've had a sickly child. And on Thursday, it was, it was my turn to, uh, to um, do my Florence Nightingale bit. And it was a study day. And so I was at home. Normally, Joe goes off to work. Timothy goes off to school. I get my books out and immerse myself in essays and reading and all the rest of it. And it's great. I thoroughly enjoy it. And I was looking forward to that this week because um, in year two, the the work's ramping up. It's getting a little bit more intense. And I'm beginning to realise that um, study days um, are only 24 hours long. Could do it a little bit longer, but um, we have to make do. But this week, I was left with the boy. And so I didn't get any studying done, if I'm honest. Um, I, was, uh, I was looking after him. He wasn't in a great way. I was trying to keep him amused, trying to keep him entertained. And, um, uh, yeah, I didn't get much reading done. It got to bath time and then bedtime. And I got him out of the bath, and he's got a rash all over him, and he'd lost his voice. It's just sort of this squeaky whisper that, that comes out, um, uh, which is, is peaceful, but obviously it's, it's not right. So um, it, you, you kind of you feel for him. And he was bouncing from one foot to the other in a rare moment of energy. And I said, you okay, Tim? He said, <laughs> So I knelt down next to his ear, and he was asking me if we could go downstairs. And I said, yeah, okay, you know, we'll break with protocol. We don't normally go downstairs once we got out of the bath, but fair enough. So we went downstairs, and he went running into the lounge, and he picked up a sticker sheet. Now, we have a sticker sheet at home, and when Timothy is good and we're pleased with him, we take off a sticker and we stick it on him, and he's chuffed. It means a lot to him. This is a big deal to get a sticker. We don't give them out cheaply. We're tight, you see. But this time, the tables were turned. Timothy got his sticker sheet, he peeled off a sticker, and he stuck it on me. And he was whispering and squeaking again, so I, I knelt down, and he said, I want to give you a sticker, Daddy, for doing good looking after me today. <laughs> Do you know what? I melted. It was lovely. I was so grateful. I'm not a massive fan of stickers, if I'm honest, because often I'll stick them on Timothy and then his clothes go in the washing when I get him ready for bed at night and then Joe finds this mushy, papery stuff all over clothes and tell him he didn't take a sticker off his clothes. Oh, no, I didn't. And it, it's kind of, it gets me in trouble. I'm not a massive fan of them. But I'll tell you what, that's on the inside of my wardrobe door, the sticker that my boy gave me. Now, the reason I'm telling you this is because on, th- on a Friday morning, I came into the office, and um, what we do as a team, we, we, uh, we have a devotional in the morning. Whoever's, whoever's in the office, um, we, we have a devotional, and we, we read from the Psalms. started working through the Psalms, I, th- I think, when, when Ian joined, and um, we're now up to Psalm 134 on Friday. Um, there's been a, a few breaks here and there, and obviously Psalm 119 took a little bit more than one day. Um, but we're now up to 134. And so um, Charlotte, Sarah, and myself sat down on Friday morning and we read Psalm 134. And I normally work from the NIV because that's what we tend to preach from. But I had the NRSV open on my lap because um, apparently it's supposed to be more academic. It's what Spurgeon's like you to use. So um, I had that open. And in the NRSV, Psalm 134, says this. Come, bless the Lord, 
all you servants of the Lord, who stand by night in the house of the Lord. Lift up your hands to the holy place and bless the Lord. May the Lord, maker of heaven and earth, bless you from Zion. And that's it. A nice, short, punchy little psalm. It didn't take too much of our Friday mornings. And we talked about it for a bit, and then, as we always do, we have a chat about the, about the psalm and what it meant and what it means for us today, and then we pray. And it's a really good exercise to do. It's, it's, a, good, um, it's a good start to the morning. It prepares you for the day. But one of the questions I had, what do we mean? Come, bless the Lord. It says in verse 1. In verse 2, lift up your hands to the holy place and bless the Lord. How can we bless God? What does it mean for us to bless God? I was reminded of what Ian said in the evening service a couple of weeks ago when he said, what do you, um, what, what do you give to the person who's got everything? There's no answer, is there, really? Because they've got everything. There is nothing that we can give to God that he hasn't already got. There is nothing we can make, there is nothing we can, we can write, there is, there is nothing we can discover or invent. God's already put the elements in the ground, he's already, he's already buried the precious stones there, he's, he's already put the ideas in our minds for the great inventions. He knows what's to come. How can we bless God? Now thankfully... I had Charlotte with us. She was there on Friday, our children's worker. And she said, well, I don't know. But I know that when I'm at school and one of the little ones comes up to me and gives me a broken crayon or, um, or a, a scrap of paper that they've drawn a picture on or something like that and says, Miss Dove, this is for you. She said, that's really nice. That's really nice. And I suddenly thought back to the night before and that sticker on the inside of my wardrobe door and I thought, yeah, I felt blessed when Timothy gave me that. I can go out and buy a thousand stickers if I want to. I can stick them all over my wardrobe door, but I wouldn't because it's, it's just pathetic. It's childish. It's pointless. A sticker means nothing. It's not like they're currency. But I know that to Timothy, that little sticker is hugely important. When he gets given one, he is so proud of himself. He is so pleased because he knows, he knows that he's achieved it. He knows that it's to recognise good behaviour. He's, he's absolutely over the moon. And so when he looks at me and he saw, Daddy's been looking after me all day. Daddy's been taking care of me. Daddy's, Daddy's, Daddy's made me feel safe today. What can I do to, to say thank you? In Timothy's little world, I know, I'll give Daddy a sticker. That was the biggest accolade Timothy could think of pouring out upon me. And do you know what? I felt like I won an Oscar. I could have cried. It meant so much. It was so lovely that in his suffering, he said to me, Daddy, I want you to have this for doing good looking after me. And so we can bless God. Sometimes we might feel that we're so insignificant, we're so small that we can't do things. What can we give God? God's got more than the man who's got everything. God gave everything to the man who's got everything. How can we possibly bless God? Say, here, God, I've got this for you. He'll say, well, I've, 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 made, I've made every one of those things that ever existed in the history of the world. Why do I want that? Sometimes we can feel that serving God is, is, is just so hard because we cannot, we cannot please him. But if we think like that, we're wrong. 
Because we can please him. And in fact, it's simple for us to please him. Everything that we do as an act of service to God pleases him. Is a blessing to him. When we read in the Psalms, lift up your hands to the holy place and bless the Lord. How do we bless the Lord? We bless the Lord by doing everything we can to honour him. It might be that when someone pulls out on us and, we're, and we're, we've got that moment of anger and we want to sort of... We don't. We say, Lord, I'm serving wholeheartedly as if I'm serving you, not them. They might drive like an idiot, but I can be an idiot too. I know that, Lord, so do you know what? Yeah, fine. I'll put my foot on the brake a bit sooner next time. Or it might be that we're walking along the street... We come near our driveway and we see the crisp packet and it's kind of, I've had this this week if I'm completely honest, hands up, and it's kind of sitting on the wall between your house and your neighbours and you think, the wind's blowing that way, so um, <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm in a rush, I'll let myself in. Oh, no, oh, it's gone, oh, it's their side, oh well, <laughs> my driveway's nice and clear. How can we bless God? Chuck it in a bit, it's, it's so small, it's so, so small, it costs us nothing. But I'll tell you what, to God it will mean everything because we're doing it in his name. We're motivated to please him. When we looked this morning at what it means to be justified by faith, we realised that there is absolutely no way at all that we can be justified, that we can be, be forgiven, that we can be made right with God through anything other than accepting his grace. Believing in him, having faith. But, as James said, what's an effective faith? An effective faith is one where our response to the grace we receive, to the love that God shows us, is to get up and do something about it. Jesus said, didn't he, go and make disciples of all nations. Go, do something. Jesus' mission was to, to seek and save the lost. That is an active mission. That is an active faith. Sometimes in this world today, we can, we can almost take that too far. We can almost get to the point where, where we, we become so focused on mission that we, almost, we don't lose the faith bit, but we lose the proclamation of faith. I've heard people say, if we're doing good work and we're serving the community, eventually people will ask us why. And that's when we can talk about Jesus. And there's nothing wrong with that. Of course we should, we should. And, and that can be effective. We shouldn't go out and, and try and, try and you know, force it in people's faces because that's just going to annoy people. That's just going to put people off. It's going to send out the wrong message. But we must be careful as well that we don't wait too long for them to ask. That we don't work and work and work and work and never mention the name of Jesus. We must make sure that other people realise that the work that we do isn't, isn't a duty, an obligation. It's because we are doing the equivalent of taking a sticker and stick it, sticking it on our father. 
an act so small, so, so inconsiderate, so pathetic almost, and yet to him it means the absolute world because we are his people. We are called to serve. We are called to bless the Lord. How do we bless the Lord? We bless the Lord by getting off our backsides and taking our faith and making it work with those that we meet. It could, be, it could be speaking to people about what we did at the weekend, just dropping in the name of church. You know what, that's blessing God, because he knows that's difficult to do. What did you do at the weekend? Not much on Saturday, church on Sunday, then family in the afternoon. Church? Isn't it so much easier to, to say, yeah, not too much, fairly quiet one, what about you? And sort of think, well, I didn't deny I went to church, I just didn't, didn't mention it. But when we say, yeah, church Sunday morning and then back in again in the evening, didn't really do much in the afternoon, you went to church twice. What planet are you on? What were they, giving out free food or something? Well, last week they were. But what on earth drove you to do that? Church, I love my church. It's great. Why not? It's free, yeah. <laughs> but that's not the point. I love it. What do you do that? And before you know it, you're in a conversation. That's blessing God because you've stuck your neck out. God calls us to take these risks. God calls us to be prepared to bless him. Blessing God is such a privilege. It is such a privilege. And so we've just gathered together around the communion table. and We've just shared as a fellowship. We've reminded ourselves of, of just what that cost God. It cost him the suffering and the life of his son on the cross that horrendous crucifixion. How do we respond to communion? Communion is, is the essence of what we're all about. It's when we, we, we actually we share together in the goodness, the, the positive results of that sacrifice. We celebrate in the fact that because of that, our sins are forgiven. We are free from, from all guilt, from all sin. How do we react? Do we say, well, that's good then. I can go and I've got another communion service next month. I'll go and carry on as I am. I'll be cleansed and, and freed from guilt again. No, we don't. We respond by saying, I'm going to work and work and work to show my gratitude to my Father, to bless my God, because he blesses me. So we go out into the world this week. Let's be sure of two things. Firstly, God does not demand work from us in order to earn our, our justification, our sanctification, our purification, whatever you want to call it. To be made right with God, we do not have to work. But what sort of person would receive justification and not respond by saying, I want to serve you with my life. So this week, let's serve God with our lives. Let's look for the opportunities. Let's, let's drop the, the word church or, or Jesus into conversation. Let's challenge ourselves a bit. Maybe set ourselves a goal, how, what, what, we, what we can read, scripturize, how we can apply scripture to our lives. Maybe even how you can talk to, to other people about this service and what was said. How can we spend more time with God? 
Because if we do those things, we might get to the end of the week feeling like we've achieved nothing, feeling that we didn't get any opportunities and that actually we tried, but no one reacted when I dropped the word church in at work or with family. We might feel like that, but you know what? If we get to the end of the week and we've actually tried those things, God will feel blessed. He'll feel like he's got a gold star sticker stuck on the inside of his wardrobe door and he'll be chuffed to bits. Let's pray. Lord, thank you that we can open your word and receive from it. Lord, thank you that we can look around and that we can, we can spend days, weeks, months, years counting the blessings that you've poured out upon us. Lord, thank you that you are a good and loving father. And yet, Father, help us not to feel insignificant, because we know you don't see us like that. Help us instead to know that every tiny little act that we do to honour you is noticed. Help us to remember that when we talk about about blessing our God, it's not simply good words that we say because they sound nice, but actually that is an achievable feat. That is something that we can actually do on a daily basis. We can bless you. We can please you. We can serve you and honour you. We can lift your name. Father, we give thanks that, that you've given us this opportunity that we can do this. Father, we pray that you'll fill our hearts with the boldness to do it. We pray for opportunity. We pray for courage to take the opportunity. We pray that you'll show us the doors and give us the strength to open them. Because, Father, we know, we know that for everybody, everybody out there, there is the opportunity to receive salvation, to receive forgiveness. And Father, we know that it's our job to tell them. So Lord, as we continue our worship now, we pray that you will just prompt us, prompt us as we think about the week to come, Prompt us to think about ways in which we can serve you, ways in which we can bless you. And help us to remember that nothing, nothing we do for you is small, insignificant, or pathetic. Instead, it is a great thing. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.